This is CPX number 98, the Sixth and Ninth Commandments. We are in the Catechism of Pope St. Pius X, CPX, page 123 to 124, question and answer 1 through 8. God give you his peace, and omnipotri, sufiti, et spiritu sancti, amen. Heavenly King, Consoler, Spirit, Spirit of Truth, who art present everywhere and filling all things, treasure of all good and source of all life, come dwell in us, cleanse us and save us, you who are all good, amen. In omnipotri, sufiti, et spiritu sancti, amen. Sins against purity. What does the sixth commandment, thou shalt not commit adultery, forbid? Answer, the sixth commandment, thou shalt not commit adultery, forbids every act, every look, and every word contrary to chastity. It also forbids infidelity in marriage. What does the ninth commandment forbid? Answer, the ninth commandment expressly forbids every desire contrary to that fidelity which husband and wife vowed to observe when contracting marriage, and it also forbids every guilty thought or desire of anything that is prohibited by the sixth commandment. Number three, is impurity a great sin? Answer, it is a most grave and abominable sin in the sight of God and man. It lowers man to the condition of the brute. It drags him into many other sins and vices, and it provokes the most terrible chastisements both in this world and in the next. Number four, is every thought that comes into the mind against purity a sin? Answer, the thoughts that come into the mind against purity are not of themselves sins, but rather temptations and incentives to sin. Number five, when is a bad thought a sin? Answer, bad thoughts, even when resulting in no bad deed, are sins when we culpably entertain them or consent to them or expose ourselves to the proximate danger of consenting to them. Number six, what do the sixth and ninth commandments command? Answer, the sixth commandment commands us to be chaste and modest in act, in look, in behavior, and in speech. The ninth commandment commands us, in addition to this, to be chaste and pure interiorly, that is, in mind and in heart. Number seven, what must we do to observe the sixth and the ninth commandments? Answer, to be able to observe the sixth and the ninth commandments, we ought to pray often and from our hearts to God. Be devout to the Blessed Virgin, the Mother of Purity. Remember that God watches us. Think on death, on the divine chastisements, and on the passion of Jesus Christ. Guard the senses. Practice Christian mortification and frequent the sacraments with the proper dispositions. Number eight, what must we avoid in order to preserve ourselves chaste? Answer, to preserve ourselves chaste, we must shun idleness, bad companions, the reading of bad books and papers, intemperance, the sight of indecent statues or pictures, licentious theaters, dangerous conversations, and all other occasions of sin. Thus are the words of the Holy Pope. Okay, so real short one today, obviously on that list of things that he just included right there, the internet is obviously the most enormous danger. I saw a meme the other day that had a um, basically the hall, of, the hall of Fame in Hell, and every year, 2015, 2016, 2017, it had what was leading the most people to Hell, and every year it was the cell phone. So again, this was a meme describing the uh, sort of the CEO office of Hell, and every year it's the same employee getting the uh, top recruiter to Hell, and it was the cell phone. You know, and so there's a lot of, you've heard me say this before, there's a lot of traditional families out there that think their kids would never, ever find whatever. But if you have the internet in your home, they're finding it. And that's where I would suggest, um, first of all, a book that is promoted by the Diocese of Lincoln called Good Pictures, Bad Pictures. Unfortunately, this is for six to nine-year-olds. Yeah, there's people finding things six to nine-year-olds. And then you have Good Pictures, Bad Pictures Junior, which is age three to six, if you can believe it. So you really can't go around thinking your kids are invincible, but you have to do everything you possibly can. 
never let kids have smartphones, have major firewalls in your house. You know, I, I used a flip phone till I was 35. And that wasn't even because I was thinking of danger. I just didn't even need it. So I was, I was um, using a flip phone till 35. So any teenager that tells you they can't get by in life without their homework, without a, a smartphone is wrong. Even adults out there, you really need to probably think of moving from a smartphone to a flip phone if you have any trouble with this stuff. I think um, Matt Frad had a video recently why he went to uh, a flip phone only. Now, as I said, today's going to be short. Um, today's so straightforward, except for the things I just added. I don't have to add a lot more, except one thing. Many men ask me, men more than women, they say, when does an impure thought become a mortal sin, even when there's no other actions involved? And they just mean walking down a the street. They're not talking search engine stuff like I just got done talking about. Just walking down the street. When does an impure thought become a venial sin, and when does it become a mortal sin? Um, when do these daily temptations that most men, sometimes women, but men ask me this more, when does there become consent? Well, many men have found these words I'm going to give you from St. Francis de Sales. He's a doctor of the church. They found this very helpful, and I'm going to read it twice and link it in the show notes. Super short one again today, so listen closely because we're going to close with this. And notice also as I read this, by the way, um, you don't have to go near the cliff to figure out how much fun you can have. Better just to stay away from the cliff if you don't want to fall down it. But if you want to figure out if you have fallen down the cliff mortally, here's the key from St. Francis de Sales. Again, I'll read this twice. Sometimes we are caught off guard by certain symptoms of pleasure immediately following a temptation. At most, this can only be a very slight venial sin. However, it becomes greater if, after we perceive the evil that has befallen us, we carelessly delay for some time and dally with the pleasure to decide whether we ought to allow or reject it. The sin becomes still greater if, after becoming aware of the pleasure, we dwell on it for some time through downright negligence and without any determination to reject it. When we voluntarily and with full deliberation resolve to take pleasure in such delights, this deliberate purpose is of itself a grave sin if the object in which we take delight is also very evil. That is St. Francis de Sales' Introduction to the Devout Life, Chapter 4, Part 6 on How Temptation and Pleasure May Become Sinful. So notice right there, when we voluntarily and with full deliberation resolve to take pleasure in such delights, that right there becomes mortal sin. Let me read that whole thing one more time for you. Sometimes we are caught off guard by certain symptoms of pleasure immediately following a temptation. At most, this can only be a very slight venial sin. However, it becomes greater if after we perceive the evil that has befallen us, we carelessly delay for some time and dally with the pleasure to decide whether we ought to allow or reject it. The sin becomes still greater if after becoming aware of the pleasure, we dwell on it for some time through downright negligence and without any determination to reject it. When we voluntarily and with full deliberation resolve to take pleasure in such delights, this deliberate purpose is of itself a grave sin if the object in which we take delight is also very evil. Please say in Our Father for me, et benedictio Deum nepotentis, pacis fidi et spiritus sancti, descendet super et maniat semper. Amen. <laughs>